Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's mentally Welcome back to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And today we're going to be chatting to Mark Whittle. He's a performance and purpose coach and the founder of podcast Take Flight. We're going to be chatting to him about burnout, breath work and cold water therapy. I've experienced burnout a couple of times, actually. I think when I reflect on why, which I, I always think is a good place to start, I, you know, I've got the type of personality who's a hyperachiever, want to get things done, which comes from various places personality or upbringing etc but it led me to live in a lifestyle which felt like I had my foot all the way down on the on the gas pedal but also on the brake at the same time and just never having a break and it just built up over time day by day week by week month by month and you gradually become accustomed to this lifestyle which is just overworking your body non-stop um but you don't think there's anything wrong with it because you've just slowly got used to that over time and and I eventually had a, um, I suppose, a, a collapse actually in King's Cross Station. Um, I felt like I had, actually, it's, it's ironic as I'm looking at my computer, but if, if, if when you have a million tabs open on your web browser, which I always do because I'm disorganized, it felt like that, you know, when it just shuts down and it forces itself to quit. Um, that's what happened. And uh, it was a big wake up call and a time to reassess what I was doing in my life. What exactly happened at the station? So what exactly happened was I I felt I felt a bit strange. I'd I'd felt particularly tired more than more than usual, like a couple of days beforehand, and um and I kind of stood up and I felt really lightheaded. Um and it just and it was very it was a very 
I've never felt like this before. It's really rare for me to feel like that. So I noticed it immediately. And then, and then, yeah, that shutdown feeling. And I kind of, I didn't fully like, I didn't like collapse, like smash into the floor, but I went down onto one, one knee and I just like, couldn't really see all of my hearing went really, really quiet. Um, and c- took a couple of minutes to come round, and I just sort of went and sat on one of the seats over at the side. Um, and then I had a, another incident a couple of days later because, of course, as a hyperachiever, I didn't listen to my body first time round. And um, the second time was at home, and and then I and then I went to to the GP, and they said, "Yeah, you're experiencing sort of severe burnout, and you need to take a break." Were you surprised when your doctor said that it was burnout, or were you kind of like, "No, this makes sense. Like, it definitely adds up." I was actually quite relieved because my my mum had a brain tumour six I think at the time it was maybe six or seven years previous and I I, I immediately went to worst case scenario I thought oh shit this is gonna be the same as that because I'd watched my mum have periods of kind of memory lapse or or moments like this actually we were once in the car and um she'd pick me up from the airport and I had to grab the wheel and pull her into the hard shoulder because she had this moment of kind of what I felt so I just immediately thought the worst so um yeah I was actually quite relieved oddly what was the work you were doing at the time, if you don't mind me asking, and to, like job-wise? Yeah, it's a good question. So I was working in the city, uh, extremely high pressure, um, the kind of snake pit, that typical chasing money um, corporate environment. And I hated it, number one. So energetically, I wasn't you know, positive about what I was doing day to day. But I was also building my business, which I work full time on now, Take Flight. So I was trying to balance the two things at once. I'd also just moved out of London. My wife was four or five months pregnant um, and there was a load of other stuff going on. So I was kind of trying to spin uh, some very heavy plates all all at once. So once you were diagnosed and you figured out what was going on, what was the next step? Were you able to actually take a step back or did you kind of continue pushing yourself too hard? Yeah, what happened was I had to. because I, I actually, from that moment on, it was strange. The moment I actually stopped, then my body, body completely shut down. And I was at a point where I, I actually couldn't get off the sofa for, I'd say, three or four weeks. Even walking to the kitchen felt difficult, which was so strange given that I'd, I'd you know, I, I'm in the gym most days and charging around to meetings, back-to-back coffee meetings all over the city. Literally a couple of days after this incident, I was I was struggling to get from my living room to the kitchen. So... Yeah, I was I was forced to stop and slow down, and I went through an intense period of recovery of during that month of completely switching my phone off, deleting all my my phone apps because I think I just overstimulated my brain, and I was just sleeping a lot of the day. Um, I fell back on the practices that I know work for people who I coach now and and that I'd use all my life, but kind of parked for that period: meditation, cold showers, breath work, etc. I actually look back on it quite fondly, just having that period just to completely recover and look after myself. And what kind of advice did you get from the GP or was it just, you know, stop now and take a break? It was quite minimal, to be honest. It was pretty much rest. Fortunately, I'd done enough research and and the podcast and the business had been going on about two and a half, three years at that point. I, I knew what had happened. I just needed somebody else to tell me. And I could probably, if I really think about it, feel it coming on as well. Um, it just took something to make me pay attention. So you mentioned in there already um, about breath work, cold water therapy um, and meditation. 
Can you tell us a bit more about the cold water therapy? Because I don't think we've chatted much about that on the podcast before. What is that and how has it helped you? Yeah, of course. It's something I do every single day. Um, it's become more and more popular over the years, but it's something I've been doing the last five, six years. So, and I'll just, I'll just caveat that this. If people are suffering with burnout or stress or uh, long-term illnesses, these what's called these invisible illnesses, fatigue, et cetera, then maybe it might not be great for you because it does it is an acute stress but essentially what we do is as human beings we grow when we face adversity difficulty challenge and the beautiful thing about cold water is that that can be a simulated stress that we can put on ourselves which means we can in a controlled setting as long as we're not going too cold and not spending too long in there we can simulate stress which allows our body to adapt slowly over time so there's that benefit. We build a, a muscle to manage this acute level of stress so that in our day when we face real life stress, we're better at handling it. And we also get a chemical re- release as well. So we get a number of releases, but the main one being norepinephrine in the form of adrenaline, which is great for wakefulness. It's really good for focus, um, which is why it's a good thing to practice in the morning. Uh, it's you know it feels like a natural high there's also other benefits physically where we talk about reducing swelling inflammation of the joints muscles etc so do you just every morning have an ice cold shower (laughs) well i actually have a normal shower so i have my normal hygienic shower nice and hot (laughs) just like how most people like it and then when i'm finished i will just turn it all the way around to freezing cold how do you get past the bit because I've I've tried this before and I just hated it mm. like I just felt like it was such a horrible experience I don't want to do it again how do you get past that or is it just some people are just not meant for cold showers no I mean Ellen I would ask you how do you get past anything that you find uncomfortable mm. that's true I don't <laughs> <laughs> I just, normally just give up <laughs> well that's 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 the key to you know, especially the people that I work with who want to achieve big goals that they set themselves. Like we, when we find something uncomfortable, recognizing that it is hard and actually just appreciating the challenge ahead of you is a, is a good way to start to build a, a really strong mindset. So it's, it's literally, you know, the term stick with ability. So it is awful at the beginning. I've, I've, as I said, I've been doing it for years. So at the beginning it was horrible and I'd do it a few days and I'd stop doing it. I'd be like, why am I doing this? But over time i crave it now if i if i some some mornings i just forget because i'm in my own head and i just turn it off and i'm like shit i didn't do it and i'll step back in and i'll turn it cold and i'll and i'll do it because my body craves it now i feel it's like missing my my morning coffee if i if i do that i notice the difference so i I just have to do it every day so so if it's uncomfortable just stick with it like anything in life and you will get something from it i think if it was me i'd find a way to make it fun but the thing is I've got friends who do the whole, um, you know, they go swimming in the river in the morning or, you know, people who go mm. for a swim in the sea. And I can definitely see the appeal of that because then you're in nature. But I think, yeah, there's something about the shower that feels harder somehow. You know, like if you're on holiday and someone says, oh, let's jump in a lake, that's quite fun. But if it's, hmm. yeah, turn the shower down, <laughs> it's well, not quite I'll tell as fun. You exactly what I'm dealing with at the moment, just on a related note is that our boiler is messed up. So basically the shower will go ice cold for like a couple of seconds, then briefly Mm. hot and then cold again. And for me, that is horrible. (laughs) But I do appreciate that the advice of like, just stick with it and push through is definitely good. But just my immediate thought is no. 
yeah it's no i i get it completely and if you had practiced it ellen then now mm. you'd be completely comfortable when it flips the exactly. card <laughs> but i'd also say you know Yvette, you mentioned there it's it's easier when there's something fun about it you make it fun right but for me i just feel better afterwards so that's the only motivation that i need now at the beginning yes it was horrible and i hated it but it's at the point now when i've stuck with it long enough that i just know i feel better afterwards so when we talk about mental health that's why i practice it Hmm. Can you tell us a bit about the breath work as well because i'm always interested to hear to hear about breath work because i feel like it's something i should be doing more of do you have certain um practices you do daily or do you kind of keep them for times where you're sort of suffering from quite a lot of stress Mm, I have I have different ones I lean on in different times I suppose there's there's really short quick easy ones that I can um, talk through which I use more reactively like I'm feeling really stressed or overwhelmed or I've been sat on my laptop for you know extended period of time or all day sometimes Um, so studies have shown that we only need to do six breaths in order to shift from our sympathetic to our parasympathetic nervous system our sympathetic is our our stress our fight flight or freeze response the parasympathetic, sorry, parasympathetic is the rest and digest response. Um, so by literally breathing six times, and it sounds ridiculous, but when you do it, you notice the difference even after three. Fully inhale, not too aggressively, but fairly aggressively that you notice a big difference. Fully inhale all the way in through your nose, fill up your lungs as far as you possibly can, and then fully exhale all the way out to the bottom, all the way out. Like you'll, you'll feel like you finished, but you haven't keep exhaling. And the first one will feel really sticky and a bit uncomfortable. Then the second one feels a bit easier. And you just do that six times um, and you'll feel the shift chemically. And then there's other stuff like the Wim Hof, which is really popular. They're slightly longer sessions. You can do 15 minutes. I do transcendent, uh, sorry, not transcendental, transformational breath work. Probably not as much as I should do, but maybe once every three to f- five or six months, which is longer sort of two hour sessions, which you can get real emotional release from when you've built up stress over a period of time you can have like a mass emotional dump which they're pretty intense um which is probably why i avoid and resist them at times because they are uncomfortable but you go back in there and again you feel like a new person afterwards um this afternoon i was just doing as i've been on the laptop all day uh just a really simple one just noticing and the feeling of the air as i inhale and exhale on the tip of my nose thinking more about the temperature as I inhale, the temperature as I exhale. And what that does is shifts our, it's a focal point, essentially. It's like meditation when you have a mantra or any, or something like that. They're all kind of similar forms and it just shifts the way that your brain works. It changes the activation of the brain to more of the prefrontal cortex, the rational thinking part, rather than the emotional limbic brain, which is where we start to get stressed and worried and spiral. This is great. I'm trying very hard not to do the six breaths at the moment. <laughs> at the moment. Mm. Um, I was about to say, like, I apologize to listeners that can now hear us heavily breathing because <laughs> I always feel like the second someone says, like, deep breaths, I just have to do it. <laughs> I just feel really conscious suddenly of, like, how I'm breathing and how I'm not breathing properly. So I apologize to anyone bothered by this. So, Mark, tell us about your podcast and also the work that you do now, now that you've sort of moved away from the snake pit, as you put it. Yeah, so I started the podcast about four years ago. It's called Take Flight. It was a period of um, frustration, unfulfillment, uh, possibly depression, certainly anxiety, where I was just in that sort of persona that I'd built for myself as a hyperachiever, you know, someone who just cared about earning money and materialism. And I just had a bit of an awakening, I suppose, at a point where 
I realized that wasn't what I wanted long term and the dreams that I'd aspired to achieve didn't fulfill me or make me feel better than I, I, I that I did before I had them so I started the podcast because I listened to lots myself um at the time that was quite a unique thing to do there wasn't many people who weren't celebrities or I know you guys have been going quite a while actually as well but um there wasn't many people outside of kind of celebrities and mostly it was like popular American podcasts that people listen to now everyone starts one so it's not a bit that much of a big deal but at the time it felt like a leap of faith and ended up speaking to a lot of business founders um uh, celebrities for want of a better word and and some of the top athletes in the world and learning more about what they felt had led to their success for me they looked like happy successful fulfilled individuals from the outside in and i wanted to learn more about why so it started off as a bit of a selfish pursuit of of stealing their their way of of living um and then as I grew beyond that and put my ego to the side, I recognized how much I could help other people by sharing these lessons too. And that's where it started. And, and it sort of organically grew into a coaching business. My dad is a, is a coach and has been for a long time, coached me since I was a, an early teen, goal setting and, and all these sorts of things. Um, so I did it kind of on the side because I just knew the exercises, the practices and had that kind of mindset. But then, and I, and I actually resisted and avoided doing that because I didn't want to follow my dad's footsteps in everything because I did in a lot of things um but now yeah I, I I kind of finally just woke up to the fact that that's one of my callings is to, to work with people one-to-one and I love that I work with some athletes professional footballers and and CEOs um and it's amazing I love I love doing the work with them and and seeing their growth and then uh, we also do events which I'm very happy to say that the first one is scheduled in for the 7th of October so all going well we can finally have some live events again and have some uh, amazing stories and and have people connect and meet one another and hopefully create more stuff off the back of of coming to the event on the theme of being selfish with the mm-hmm. uh, initial motivations what are some of the lessons that you learned initially from doing the podcast and how have you kind of applied those to the way that you live your life so i suppose they've changed a lot over time at the beginning i was really keen on speaking kind of what we spoke about a little bit today about practices morning routines what they feel led to their success and and that was amazing and and i loved practicing those things myself trying them myself in my life and a lot of those things i've continued to practice but i suppose as as time's gone on it's it's been less about performance and more about purpose and understanding what we want to do you know as long it feels like a short time that we're here but we actually have quite a long time to to be here and and have a lasting impact and leave a legacy if people want to call it that but certainly ensure that we're doing the thing that we care about and the thing that we want to do while we are here I just recognize the people that I speak to and I don't want to say this lightly because I I just think I take it for granted because I speak to the same types of people all the time but the people I speak to are very much on a mission they know who they are and where they want to go and I think that the old world that I came from, people are are stuck in a mindset of what they believe is important. Uh, the, the best thing about the pandemic, in my opinion, is that it has given a lot of people the opportunity to have that awakening moment and see that perhaps that isn't the life they want to live. Um, so, yeah, I say that it started off as performance and learning like hacks and tricks and productivity tools and ways we can be better in our life day to day. And it's ended up being way more about purpose and how we can how we can make the most of our time here. Well, that's leading up leading on to the next question, then, isn't it? <laughs> can you give our listeners any tips? That's quite a difficult question to just fling at you. But there you go. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, look, this is stuff that I do with people and it can take months and years sometimes and, and it changes. And that's OK as well. 
but everybody should start with understanding who they are which is a massive massive question and most people avoid asking this because it's confusing it's scary it's you know we talked about earlier it's uncomfortable but we're all we're all conditioned from our very early ages you know we're trying to figure out who we are in our younger years and our experiences traumatic or otherwise our teachings from parents you know school teachers sports coaches all impact us and and shape the way that we view the world over a period of time and then and then that helps us in our youth right that's our survival mechanism that's what allows us to understand that we are on this planet called earth and we're operating in this system and organization and way a society the way the society has been built that's how we understand it but then those survival mechanisms don't serve us as much when we're adults and a lot of our anxieties and, and mental health conditions are because of our conditioning so we need to start to look at who we are and that starts with understanding where we came from and understanding what our wiring or coding is and once we've done that then we can really start to understand who we want to be because a lot of those a lot of that coding and wiring has led, led us into lifestyles that perhaps we don't necessarily want anymore so then we under, then once we've done that, we can start to think about who we want to be and who we want to be, again, comes back to that, right? What makes us feel purposeful? And there will be examples in your life where people have felt like that. So listeners will have felt like that at times. It might have been when you were younger. It might be when you're playing sport. It might be at a particular point in your job or career or when you're presenting or where you're definitely not presenting. There'll, there'll be examples in your time when you feel lit up, you feel energized by what you're doing. And you need to lean into those things. If you can't find examples, then get out there and start trying as many things as possible. And you also need to be really clear with the goals, right? So once you start getting out there and figuring out what's working, keep a track of it. Sounds boring, but track what you're doing and just lean into the things that you like, you know, lean into the things that make you feel good. I, I, I use a term called following the breadcrumbs. So try something, you like it, pick up the breadcrumb, you know, try it again, pick up the breadcrumb. And my, my version of that started with a podcast, right? So I I, I launched it. I really enjoyed it myself. That was my first breadcrumb. And then I released it. It actually got way more listens than I anticipated it getting. That was another breadcrumb. And then I got a couple of pro athletes on, which was another breadcrumb because it almost gave me credibility. And 10 episodes in, we got to number one in the charts. That was another breadcrumb. So I was like, this is something. This feels like something and something's happening. And And then that was my responsibility to continue to do it after that. I hope that helps. That's a lot to take it in like a 90 seconds. No, that's super helpful. Not to be a massive downer, but I'd love to ask your thoughts on people who might be scared of trying those things or kind of worried about, okay, I, I found my purpose and I'm going to go for my goals, but maybe they're scared of failing or things not working out. How do you deal with that fear and what can you do if things do go wrong? Yeah, so we're all scared of failing. Every single one of us is scared of failing. So if you're listening to this and you are fearful of failing, we, you're the same as everybody else but some people listen to that fear more than others so it's the same thing as coming out of the cold shower right or turning it cold in the first place we all have that that voice in our head that says don't do it but some people ignore it and some people don't and that's a muscle just like anything else so you go into the gym and you build your biceps and the bigger your biceps are it just shows that you've been in the gym doing more bicep curls if you are if you are likely to listen to that voice less it just means that you've ignored it more times in your life that's another reason why cold showers are great because the more that you turn that cold, the more that you're winning that negotiation with yourself. And then that can kind of transfer into other areas of your life. Can you tell us a bit about your work with um, with Calm? Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm an ambassador of Calm. They're a fantastic mental health charity that support um, or try to reduce the number of suicides in 
in uh, young adults and it's been an absolute pleasure you know I've worked with them for probably three years um, collaborations on all sorts of different things and it's one of those things that I promised to myself that when I do the work and hopefully you know people listen to it then I will always share my story to try and help other people who might be struggling speaking up so this is goodbye from mentally If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated, uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.